everybody, this is Shamina. This is a Two Quick Things podcast, and let's get started. I regularly get asked, like, how have I um, jungle gymmed my way through my career? So I've been in higher education for 15 years, had a number of roles, um, a number of interim positions, and people are like, how do you how do you find out about these, and how do you know about these? And so um, I was thinking about, hmm, how do I share what my approach has been with an understanding that my approach and the way that I do things aren't going to work for everyone. But hopefully it will be a bit of a catalyst of how whoever's listening, or if you share this, I hope you do, how you can figure out what's going to feel right for you and feel the most authentic for you. Um, So I was scrolling through LinkedIn, because I have a LinkedIn account if you don't have one. I would recommend getting one, um, even if it's just to read articles or kind of see what's going on with companies uh, to network, et cetera. Um, and I, maybe I'll do a whole nother episode on networking because I don't really like networking because um, I'm a little bit awkward, but that's neither here nor there. But I ran across this article that says, um, eight, signs, eight signs an employee is exceptional, in parentheses, which never appear on performance evaluations. First and foremost, I think we need to take a moment and pause, and I've started to do this with myself lately, uh, and acknowledge the like great work that you do. So sometimes I was uh, texting with a friend the other day, and I was like, um, he had posted a few things on Instagram. It was like all of these affirmations around decolonizing self-care and self-talk. And I was like, I love all of these, and add, I'm a bad bitch. Sometimes you have to acknowledge that you're a bad bitch. You, you will have days where you're off or things don't go exactly where they are. But when you have the confidence of knowing that you, you are giving your best work, you honestly giving your best work, not like this is the best I could do um, because you waited to the last minute, but like you've, you put your foot in it, as my mom says, you have established the relationships. Acknowledge that and take a moment to recognize yourself because work can be hard sometimes and it may not be technically hard in terms of this thing is hard to do, but we are all navigating so many things in life, um, in our personal life, in our professional life, in our minds, um, that pull us away from sometimes giving the best of ourselves because we we're not always sure how to compartmentalize all of the areas, um, that are going on in our life that require our attention or that are distractions. Um, and then how do we figure out how to, put those things in a box, not a lockbox that you never open, but like you put them in a box over in the corner, knowing there's a date on there where you need to revisit that, or there's a time when you're going to revisit that. That's not even what this episode is about, but eight signs an employee is exceptional. So we'll see how many we get through. The first one that's mentioned is they think well beyond job descriptions. And I'm not going to, I will, I should, I got to figure out how to actually accurately link this article to, um, the show notes, but I will share my experience. So I have always gotten job descriptions. That's how you know what the gist of your, I say the gist of your job, because it's so much more than the things that are written on paper. Yes, it has a title. Sure. It has some minimum qualifications and then like a bullet point list of what you should do. I take that at, and I take that and I see that as a guide for what I'm supposed to be doing, knowing that there's a whole list of things that are Um, things that I should be doing if I want to advance my career Um, and things that I uh, want to engage in or ask about that are not on the paper, but I know that they will set me apart from anyone else who does that job. Um, 
So look for the things that you can do beyond the job description. Uh, sometimes you can ask like your supervisor, but look at your circle. Um, talk to the people in your circle. Talk to your board of directors um, about like, okay, this is a job. What are some of the things that I can do to exceed? I've also found that people are really impressed, supervisors especially, when I have done things or not that are outside the job, and I just do them seamlessly. There's no announcement. There's no big shout out like recognize me for doing this, but it's the consistent work that is beyond the job description that has set me apart from um, other people. And I don't even think, to be honest, I don't really even think of other people as um, uh, in terms of competition. I'm competing with myself because at the end of the day, it's me that's going to advance or not advance based on my work. I can't worry about what Joe, Jolene, Jerry are doing. I have to be focused on what am I doing that are meeting the job description uh expectations, but what am I doing those things that make me intangible, that make people say like, I didn't even realize all those things were a part of your job. I get that asked a lot too. And I say, you know what, it's not a part of my formal job, but I know that it needs to get done and somebody's got to do it. So rather than trying to get it formally written in, I've decided to take this on. So it becomes a part of the role and a part of what people are looking for. So I'm in a sense, um, shaping the next iteration of this job once I leave it, because People will think that, oh, I thought all of these things were a part of that. No, I just brought my own sauce to it. Um, let's see. The second thing on here, they're quirky. Um, so I'm a little bit awkward sometimes. Um, like right now I'm sitting by myself, but I'm waving my finger. Um, we're a little bit odd. Um, we do things our own way. Uh, we are comfortable or have developed a comfort with shaking things up a little bit. Um, seeing things different and willing to take risks with our work and the way that we go about our work. Um, and when I say risk, I say calculated risk. I'm not saying go up and just get loud and get buck with it. Um, but there are ways that I have um, thought about sh taking strategic risks and trying something. Um, when, I, when I say I've jumped into interim roles, for me, because I like like a laundry basket full of things to do, that works. So I will jump in a calculated risk kind of manner, knowing that I'm going to shape this to what it is and set me up for success in the next one. It makes me a little bit different. Um, different is neither good nor bad. It just is. I'm going to skip some of these because some of them, they don't, uh, I don't like them. Um, they praise other people in public and they disagree in private. Um... I am a person, I, I'm not great at giving public praise because I think sometimes we can over, we as professionals can over, overdo it and then it becomes inauthentic. And it's just like, oh yeah, we know they're going to give kudos to this, that, and the other person. Um, so I try to really be thoughtful about the, the praise that I give. And I don't always do it publicly in terms of a meeting or something like that, but I might send a note to a colleague or to someone who, who, who I've worked with and I will copy their supervisor on it, just giving them thanks and appreciation for the work that they've done. So I have built up some relationship capital with both of those people in terms of like, I'm praising you and I'm letting your supervisor know that I've appreciated your work um, and I've open copied them. So there's no secret about that. Um, they disagree in private. Um, I certainly don't want to be the person that is quote unquote calling somebody out or calling them in, however you want to use that term, which I don't know if I agree with either one. Um, I will work to do that in private. Um, I have been called out in uncomfortable ways in meetings 
And once I stop seeing red, I realize it makes the other person look foolish if I don't respond. So I don't respond. I may give one of my lines, thanks for that feedback. Happy to take this conversation offline because um, I'm not sure if it's relevant to the entire group. Um, but remembering that your public persona, if you will, is what people are paying attention to. Um, so be mindful of that. It's, it's never a cute thing to call out somebody because you don't win. There's no winning in that. If you were in a competition, there's no winning with calling somebody out publicly because then you look like a jerk. I don't ever say the word jerk. You look like a jackass. Um, so be thoughtful about how you shape questions and how you kind of dig a little bit deeper on something that you may feel needs to be discussed publicly. So have, having some seconds of thought in that. Um, another one is they ask questions when others won't. I, and I don't always ask questions. So again, so much of this is personalized to my own experience. So follow me and then take your own journey after that. Um, it says ex exceptional employees have an innate feel for the issues and concerns of those around them and step up to ask questions or raise important issues when others hesitate. My mom has always said closed mouths don't get fed. And so when I hear her say that, she still says that, says that to this day, but when I hear her say that, I think it's so important that if there is an issue or something that comes up, and I've certainly been in enough awkward conversations, public conversations where it's like, okay, well, how do we take this out of the personal realm and start to talk about what the issue actually is as opposed to the person that's connected to the issue? How do we begin to move forward in a collective way? And sometimes that's asking the uncomfortable questions about like, this is what I'm hearing is the conversation, but I think it sounds like we're doing this. Is this, does this make sense to folks? Am I reading too much into this? I'd love to hear what other people have to say because this is where I am. Um, I think another thing about asking questions when others won't is some of the readings and things that I follow with Brene Brown as she talks about being brave and afraid at the same time. Um, so asking questions when others won't. Um, it's also having a sense of time, place, and manner. Um, not every question needs to be asked publicly. Sometimes there are things that um, other people won't ask, and it might not be the right time to ask them. So you got to have a sense of time, place, and manner. And who's in on uh, that conversation? Um, let's see. The, another one is they like to prove other people wrong. This one was kind of weird because um, it seems like a bit of a gotcha. I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, but I think that I have seen this in myself. Uh, folks have wondered, oh, this is a perfect example. Folks have wondered how I've gotten into the room, the quote unquote room, or how I got the ear of this person to hear me, or how I have developed their relationship because I don't look like, look like, or sound like, or work like this particular person, but yet I'm able to have a conversation with that person. Um, so I love when people get surprised that if there's a space that I have influence, or if I'm able to walk into a room and have a conversation with the people in quote unquote power. Um, this is so important as I think about relationships and um, relationship capital. And um, as a person who moves through the world feeling oftentimes overwhelmed with like lots of people and lots of things, 
um, thankfully not any sort of debilitating manner, but like as both an introvert, introverted person and as a um, casually shy person, um, I thrive in areas where I can have one-on-one -on -one relationships and conversations. Um, and that's how I build relationships best. I also have a, a, a fairly good memory, so I remember things about people. Um, but the, that personal work has allowed me to, I was going to say trans, transcend spaces, that sounds extra, but it has allowed me to get into spaces and have access to people that other folks think that I shouldn't have. And again, I can do a real good job of not paying attention to what other people think I should or shouldn't have, the access that I should or shouldn't have, or my abilities. Um, so, yeah, and the last one that's on here is they're consistently exploring. Um, and this is one of those things that where you ask questions or you're willing to take calculated risks. Um, you're willing to ask for feedback and then apply it. Um, you are able to show gratitude for like a lesson learned and have a commitment that you hope to only learn this lesson once, especially if it was a tough lesson. Um, you know how to follow a process, but then also enhance it um, in terms of constantly exploring you or I have a sense of being handed something and trying to make it my own and thinking things through and knowing that I don't need the a full like 17 point bullet list and outline from a supervisor of exactly what they want. It's about, okay, I, what I, I hear you saying this, can I have like a week or two to think this through a little bit more thoughtfully and try to get something going and then bring that back around and see if this falls in line with what you're looking for? Or can I just start it and then get some feedback and see how it works? So folks who are exceptional, um, employees with things that they don't have on their resume, I'm sorry, on their job description um, and or performance evaluation are willing to try those things and aren't, don't require validation of like, am I doing this right every single step of the way? Because those are folks who are willing to try it, see if it works. If it don't, doesn't work, tweak it, change it, see what works better but also not rely on themselves as the only person who can make the change or contribute to the change. It's about, again, using some of that relationship capital to engage with people. And sometimes it's not the most vocal people in your group that you should be engaging with. It's the folks that are a little more quiet, perhaps a little bit more reserved, that you can um, engage with and get some really good ideas because maybe being in a group and speaking publicly in a group is not their thing. But when you invest the time to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, that's where some people thrive. But as an employee, as a leader, when you look around the room, make sure you're being inclusive as possible to the voices that you hear and the voices that you don't hear. And be mindful that calling me out in a, like, in a meeting where I may not be saying anything to get my thoughts or my feedback may not be the best approach I'm not a fan of calling out people in a meeting, calling out being like, hey, I haven't heard you say anything. Would you like to contribute? Because then I'm sweating. I'm on the spot. No, thank you. Um, so be thoughtful around the people that you're working with. Um, the last thing that I will leave you with is, in terms of an exceptional, exceptional employees, is um, I started watching this TED Women's, uh, so TED Talks is an ideas worth sharing kind of, they do conferences and they have videos online. Um, that are really supposed to inspire you to think and to grow. 
Um, I was watching one today by a woman named Carla Harris. And again, I will try my best to figure out how to do the show notes and link it to um, this podcast. Uh, she talks about how to find the person who can help you get ahead at work. And I feel like exceptional employees both usually have found that person or that sponsor that's going to be able to speak on their behalf in the room when they're not there. But they also then become sponsors because they've been able to capture how to navigate the workspace in a way that they that they are exceptional. And they usually don't even know that there's someone's sponsor because they're so used to like that praising of people and acknowledging folks and being committed to the work and paying attention to what people are doing around them in terms of the work. And not necessarily in a this benefits me kind of way, but like the lift as you climb, like I see this person also doing good work. How do we expose them to something different? Um, so, yeah, uh, those were some things on my mind. But it's thinking about the things that are not on the job description that separate people and show them as um, contributors to the workspace, but also as the future leaders of the workspace. And leader doesn't mean they have to lead a group of people or a team. They could lead a project. They can lead their own work as an individual contributor. So that's what I got today on uh, this episode of Two Quick Things. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram under Two Quick Things. The show is on, you can listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course there's one more that I've already forgotten, but you'll see it in the link tree. Uh, feel free to holler at me, uh, slide in my DMs, and I will talk to y'all next time. Mm -hmm.